Don't you worry about that. Okay. We'll go from there. Um, so I actually came to an airlift tanker association to look for a job. Okay. Um, and I was an AMC navigator at the time, and they were getting rid of navigators from their aircraft. Okay. And so they uh, kind of said, hey, we don't really know what to do with you. You should probably go try to look for a job. <laughs> Which um, is a scary, a scary, scary proposition. Scary. You very come to scary. a conference, they're like, hey, uh, not saying that you don't have a job, but maybe yeah. start looking. Yeah. Get your resume together. Yeah, like, right. I know we should be helping you with this, but, like, this Were is Were you, hard. like, a young captain at that time? I was or? a young captain. Okay, Very yeah, young. that seems about right. Yep. Uh, I guess a little older. I felt young, at least. But, um, so I came to ATA. Uh, my husband and I were dual mill. He's mm -hmm. a pilot. I'm a nav. And we had flown different planes. Okay. So we were trying to get to the same aircraft or at least the same base so we could keep living together. So we came to ATA and uh, sat down. Um, kind of walked around, I was looking at CRG, CRW opportunities, because I was like, a lot of navs seem to go that way. Sure. We ended up at the um, ATA banquet, and we're sitting next to this guy, had like a glass or two of wine, we're BSing, you know. A couple of bowls of loud mouth soup, it really just... Yep like smooths everything over and really helps get you to where you need to it be. It does, it does. It has diminishing returns, however, so buyer yeah, beware. But yeah, right, I'm right. a really good pool player until about four beers, it's, three beers. I love how you use it. I was going to use yeah. darts as my example, Perfect. but pool darts, it's exactly in the same lane. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm talking to this guy. He's got a lot of embellishments, but I've been in a community that didn't really have senior enlisted. I was at um, CISO training, navigator training, teaching at that point, and um, we're talking, and he casually, like, kind of mentions, well, I threw a pitch out at Yankee Stadium, no big deal. I was like, who are you? Um, and he goes, I'm the command chief for AFSOC. And I was like, oh. Who was it that thought? Was it Greg Smith? Uh, Matt Caruso. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And you could tell he was like, oh, we're having a good time. He, he was afraid I was going to, like, lock up. And in true fashion, both my husband and I were like, oh, we wanted to do AFSOC, but we're too old. Sure. And he was like, are you guys any good? And we're like, we're all right, you know. Uh, he's like, you're not too old. And so fast forward, here we are. That was uh, 2015. And so, oh, nice. yeah. And honestly, look back a couple times. I'm like, if we had not ended up at that table, we wouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. Well, I tell you, ma'am, I'm going to Tarantino it a little bit. Yeah. Because we started in the middle of this one, and I want to take it all the way back to the beginning. Okay. Thanks for everybody for joining us. I'm here with uh, Lieutenant Colonel yeah. Megan O'Rourke from AFSOC. She's got a great story, which we heard a part of. We figured out exactly how she got to the seat. Take me all the way back to the beginning. Tell me about what actually got you into the Air Force. When did you decide Ooh. that you wanted to serve? So if there's one thing I've learned is if you don't grow up with military members, there's not, there's got to be a moment where you're introduced to the military, right? Um, so for me, I went to my aunt's 50th birthday party. We were surprising her. And my aunt and uncle worked at the Air Force Academy. And so oh, wow. uh, we went to meet my uncle, so we didn't get to the house and like ruin the surprise. And I was a junior in high school, and I said, wow, this school is pretty impressive. And my dad was like, yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Now listen, it's, it's a beautiful campus. Yep. That's how they get you. It is, it that, is. That beautiful campus tucked into the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Stunning in Colorado Lots Springs. of freedom there. Lots of freedom. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of freedom yep. day in, day out. Well, and I was, you know, I'm fairly frugal, and I was worried about paying for college, and I was like, this school's really cool. Um, you know, post 9-11, had sure. a high high desire to fight back, and, you know, my, my country had been attacked, and, you know, you combine that with free education, and I was in. It also helped. My dad told me, honey, the school's really hard to get into, so I think it was reverse psychology because he never was one to belittle. Or, he was always right. very empowering. 
So I think he was like, free school, we could get behind this. But it's a real question of what came first, the chicken or the egg, because yeah. now we find you in AFSOC, and that is a trait that runs through AFSOC is that, you know, maybe call it free spirit, maybe independence, but yeah. it's just that little bit of F you. Yeah. It's, that little bit, it's that little bit of you challenge me to do, oh, is yeah, it absolutely. hard to get in, you know? Yep. I, we talked to so many people that yeah. respond to, this is tough, yes. it's a challenge, and yep. I want to try to do it. Yeah. So you got into the academy. Yep. You were running across that terrazzo every day, little book bag in your hand. We just went to the yep. academy for a, for a reunion. So oh, that's it was awesome. Fantastic, so yep. it was good. What, what year graduate were you? I'm a 2008 grad, which Two, 2008, I officially realized, I'm like, man, I'm getting old. You and me both, sister. Yeah. You and me both, we're okay with it. <laughs> yeah. So you, when you got out of the academy, like, what did you track to? Because everybody, everybody wants so, to go to the academy to fly. Yes, uh, to be honest, I didn't, it's not that I ever, thought women couldn't fly. It just never occurred to me that that was an option. Sure. Um, and so uh, I actually went to pilot training first. And the, I joked that the first thing I ever did in the Air Force was actually fail. Nice. Um, nice. So I watched out pilot training, but met my husband. So it was meant to be. Sure. Um, so I fought. And to be honest, I, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Mm -hmm. um, things had always kind of come easier to me. I could kind of skate by. Um, and I, in hindsight, especially, I knew how to work, but I didn't know how to work hard. Okay. And I didn't know how to be passionate, like truly passionate about something. And so at that point, I was like, oh man, this is serious. It's really my first time failing in life. Um, it gives you perspective, right? It, You're like, wow, that's a, that's a wake up call. It gets you hungry. Um, and so I went to NAB, I was lucky. I, I, I fought to get to NAB training. Because um, I was like, I don't want to be a missileer. Like, great things. You can do great things as a missileer. But you could also work in Minot yeah, for 75% of your adult life. And I was dating a pilot that I kind of liked. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see where this thing's yeah, going. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. And so I went to San Antonio and did NAV school. Um, and I worked really, really hard. And I was in the top third of my class. But we only dropped one AFSOC aircraft. Um, and I was number three. And so I ended up flying slicks for a while at uh, Pope Air Force Base at the time. Sure. Um, and then because that, that pilot I told you I, I thought was pretty cool, um, I ended up marrying him, but he was flying KC-10s. Okay. And so for with AMC bases, C-130 bases and KC-10 bases aren't together. Okay. So unless I was to come fully out of the aircraft, which I didn't want to do, um, I would have to, uh, like either cross train or go do something else. So we were lucky we got stationed at Pensacola to teach uh, combat systems officer training or CISO training. And we did that for four years and we had our first kid there actually. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. The, the beautiful panhandle. Yep. What, what other better place on the face of the planet than the free state of Florida? Yeah, the, I mean, the only thing I'll say is July is not my favorite time between tourists and 90 degree humidity. The rest of the time, it's great. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like, um, find me in the winter because that yeah. is the, the perfect. The winter is the pan or the October and November is great. Right, yeah. yeah. So all of that journey leads you up. You have the trials, yep. the tribulations of failing when we first get into Absolutely. the academy and learning those lessons that we need to learn. Yep. And then we finally get to the watershed moment. If you're getting ready to leave Pensacola yeah. and you're starting to get ready to do a different thing, and I, yep. I, I assume we're going to fast forward a little bit yeah. to that 2015 time frame, yeah. where for the first time you're like, wait a second, things are starting to line up where my husband could be an AFSOC, I could yep. be an AFSOC, we could start doing the right thing. How Absolutely. did that all sort of unfold after that initial conversation? Uh, so to give you an idea, when we talk about uh, part of the reason AFSOC so special is because it is hard. And sometimes it's hard to get into because of that, and it takes perseverance. 
Um, and so we didn't actually get into uh, Kirtland for training until the fall of 2017. Some of that was timing, some of that uh, we had a kid, um, and so not wanting to move or start training while pregnant. Um, and I, you know, that's totally like perfect. Um, but so it took about a year and a half. Our assignments were turned on, turned off, turned back on. Um, I did say, hey, I bring a pilot. And they said, okay, I guess we'll take you. Exactly, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. The, those Kirtland boys in the land of Manana exactly. and, and the beautiful Duke city of Albuquerque yeah. were just like, wait, you're bringing a pilot with you? Come okay, on in, come we got some in. green chili for you. Yeah. Come have a drink at Marble Brewing. You won't go airlines, Willie. No, yeah, yeah. exactly, right, yeah. I, we, we like your, your good deal that you're going to actually yeah. keep them inside of there. How'd you like your time in Kirtland? I loved it. Um, yeah. We had a house up against the mountain, so we Perfect. would take our kid in a backpack. East Go Mountains, hiking. West Mountains, where? Uh, we were on the West Mountains. Yeah, perfect. The beautiful yeah, so Sandias. Beautiful Sandias. Yep. That means watermelon in Spanish. It does. It, it does, and yeah. if you see them set, it makes sense. It, do, it totally makes sense. Yeah. So I, I lived there during the pipeline because that's obviously where we trained. That's I was true. In, you and I were there. We shared the same base yep. at the same time. I was at the at the Kirtland Schoolhouse oh, how, until 2009. You jumped out of my plane. I think I probably yeah, have well, jumped out of your plane a, a couple times. That's the story times. we're going to tell at least. A hundred percent. We don't yep. usually do selective editing, but in yes. this case, yes. we're going to talk about the time that I was JMing out of your plane. It was great. We yep. saved the world. We Fantastic. Did. Everything we did. worked we out great. We took on Zuni and Central. Hundred percent. Yes. No, we did not. No, we did not. I, I, to, to all my homies on Zuni and Central, I did not just talk. Okay. That's like why. That's, that's like the Wyoming yeah. and Central. Ooh, that's yo. True. Okay, I reject. I revoke what I said. <laughs> <laughs> More of a Northwest yeah, guy. Yeah. Catch me at Marble West Side. Yeah, you know we what need I mean? a stop tape moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so timing at Kirtland worked out. You got there in 2017. Yep. What was the next step? So then we went to Cannon. Beautiful. Beautiful right down Cannon. the road, three yep. and a half hours away. Yeah. Just great. Which is, by the way, how they get you. They say joint spouse, dual, dual mill. Want to go? Want to go ASAC? I've got a good deal for you. Boy, do I ever. But as much as you know. I get tired because you know we want to either say, "Oh, Cannon's wonderful," or "Cannon's the worst." Cannon's it's like you Cannon. Have to, yeah, it's like you have to pick a team on that one. Yeah. I have so many friends that, yep. that you know, I, I had a good friend of mine that refused to talk bad about any place. He was like, no. "Listen, the same thing has been said about Cannon yep. is everywhere." Okay, I don't like it. Smells like cow poop. Yeah. It's windy. It's hot. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Take, you you got to drive to Lubbock just to fly out for TDYs. He's like, "Got yep. it. I'm going to complain about something new." Yeah. And after I don't complain about all the same things, guess what? I don't have much to complain about. It's you know what I said. I've said this over and over. One, I was there during COVID, um, so my friends who were in Mildenhall and Kadena were expecting to travel all around those areas, and they were in lockdown. Sure. I wasn't going to leave my house anyways. So <laughs> right. I just had to wear a what mask. What was I going to go yeah. to, to yeah. the one Fridays that yeah. they just put in? Like so, you guys just got a Target. Like yeah. I'm not going anywhere. And so, but I mean, to to be perfectly candid, our community is tight there. Right. Because they're. There's a, the Clovis community is very supportive, but it's not very big. And so if sure. you're not into rural, you're not, you're probably not going to have the best time unless you force yourself to go check out things like house parties or force the squadron to have events where they bond, right. you know? And so we did that for three years. Uh, we did deployments. We did some, some contingency response type stuff. Um, and I got to do a lot of really cool things. Um, it's why I came to AFSOC. Like, I, I joked after leaving Canon, I was like, if I got out today, I would feel like I did what I was meant to do in the Air Force. 
It's intoxicating, isn't it? It is. The first time you touch yep. that mission and you're like, I did that. Yeah. Like I made this, yeah. I made this impact. I yep. can tell you exactly this was the bad situation before we got called in. Yes. And now this is the better situation now. Yep. That is one of the most it's the siren song of AFSOC. It's wanting to be able to be in a position to make that difference. Absolutely. That I think makes AFSOC different it than is. all of the other commands. Yeah, we're pretty special and I love the fact we're small. Um, right. Uh, MC-130s, uh, there's you know only, what, five locations we're at, and there's not a time that I go to a place that I don't already know somebody, mm -hmm. and if I'm about to hire somebody new into my unit or anything it's like that. It's one degree of separation. It is. It's one phone call. Be yep. like, hey, do you know this person? You're like, 100%, good, yep. bad, or indifferent. Yep. You'll find out in one phone call. Yep, absolutely, which yeah. I love. So. Yeah. And it's that small, tight-knit community, too, because those people become your best friends, they become your family, they, they become do. the people that, that check on your house and check on yes. your kids and check they on mow the, the lawn. They bring your yep. mail in from Absolutely. doing whatever. They make sure that your wife is okay on a bad day yep. or that your husband is okay on a bad day. Like Those are the things that, that really bring us together and then keep you there because yeah. it's, it's not easy. While AFSOC, I get it, it's the best of the best, but it's also the the midest of the mid yeah. to quote uh, you know what the kids are saying you know it's yeah. it's a lot of living intense it's a it lot is. of being deployed it's a lot of being away from your kids and yep. missing those days what keeps you in AFSOC as you as you take on this new position now which we'll talk about next you know honestly couldn't really make me leave at this point. And it's because, I mean, they will someday, I'm, I'm a, sure. I'm an 05, you can't tell yeah, me what to do. Yeah, and I just uh, like real quick, yeah. You know who I work for. He can, he can tell me <laughs> I can go somewhere, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Sure, sure. Um, no, I just like the people, and I like the mission, and what I do feels important. Um, and what, also, MC-130s are great. We do everything. Right, um, yep. I, can go to a place totally blacked out and land, take off, and nobody really even knows we were there. I can right. refuel helicopters. I can do personnel drops at you know high, high altitudes or low, low altitudes uh, or any kind of airdrops. Um, it's pretty sweet. So that's part of it. But the the people really are pretty awesome and they're right. pretty special. They so. really are, and because. People don't kind of, it's something that's intuitive that sometimes people overlook, but yeah. if something is hard, if something is challenging, not everybody tries out for it. Yep. Because they, they know that it is a challenging thing to do and yeah. for their own reasons they decide. But what you get, especially when we're talking about, you know, specifically from like being a PJ or being a yeah. combat controller, but you know, being somebody yep. that has volunteered over and over and over again for something that they might fail at. Yeah. You get a better brand of human on the back end of that pipeline. You and, fail and I think AFSOC, you ready to do. Yes. Yes. And yeah. um, I mean, I'm a huge believer in if you come out of failure as a better person, like you, like that failure opportunity is huge and often has has massive, um, will cause momentum to drive you forward. Um, right. And you have to take that failure and not allow it to like eat you up, but allow it to, to change you and you can debrief yourself and then be better the next day because of it. So. From the very beginning, when yep. you showed up to that Air Force Academy, to that first yep. failure, where you didn't exactly get what you wanted out yep. of it, to, to learning all of those lessons, that all brings us kind of to where we are now. And you've yes. got the opportunity to fail again. I do. So tell it's us about that. It's a big opportunity. It, it, there's always. Yes. People that say that failure isn't an option have never tried anything hard in their That's life. That's true. I will tell you right away, yep. it's always And an failure option. can result in successes if you take it the right way. So. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, a few months ago, our AFSOC commander, Lieutenant General Barnfine, found me and said, Megan, I have an opportunity for you. And I'm 
first thought Whenever was, your boss says that, is you're like, you're like, here we go, an opportunity. Oh, opportunity tight. usually means more work. Guess what? I'm in trouble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like the meme. Oh no, I'm in danger. Yeah. <laughs> or the one where the dog's in the fire. It's like it's fine. Oh no, it's yeah, fine. It's Everything's fine. fine. Sure. Um, and I said, okay, sir. He's like, find me Monday. And I was like, okay. And so the whole weekend, I was left thinking, like, what is this? What's this? Oh, like, no. The principal uh, called you down to the yeah. office, but it's not for a whole day. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. And luckily, somebody called me. Um, uh, one of my mentors called and was like, hey, do you know what this is about? I said, no. And he was like, hey, uh, he's going to ask you to stand up a new unit. So we're standing up an outreach unit with an AFSOC. Um, and I get the first question I get is, cool, what is that? Um, so we're charged with going out and inspiring young Americans to join uh, the military, the Air Force, and ultimately come in and be air commandos. Um, we believe that if we can go out and educate people on our cool missions and our even cooler people and kind of show them our, our cool gear, um, that that aha moment that I talked about when I showed up to the Air Force Academy, that, that change in my life. Um, like you never know when that's going to occur. And so if we go out and we just talk with people, you never know who's like, you know, I thought about joining, but I was going to go fly fighters. And then you told sure. me about MC-130s. Or I am a maintenance troop, and I didn't even know that that was the mission for, like, there's an Air Force Special Operations. I just knew there right. was the Air Force. Um, so we're charged with that. And uh, John Barnfine's got a lot of energy behind this. Um, He's truly passionate about it, and he, he sees us as a, a way to assist um, the Air Force in its grander efforts. And today, during uh, Chief Bass's speech, she talked about, hey, everyone's an advocate, everyone's a, a, a recruiter. Sure. And our whole thing is every Air Commander has a story to tell. Right. Um, and we're not very good at telling our story. We're quiet professionals. We're pretty humble, um, unless you get a few beers in us, and, you know, maybe a little less so. Um, but we don't like to tell our own stories. Right. Uh, I just did the mission, right? Like that's what I'm trained to do and that's what's expected. Um, but uh, we, we are encouraging our air commanders to go out and tell their story. Um, because right now, a lot of people don't necessarily know what, what the military really is. They know what the news tells them, sure. but they've not talked to us or people like you and said like, what was your military service actually like? Yeah. And so we're here to kind of counteract some of that and tell people what it really is like. The truth is like a lion. You just have to set it free. It yeah. doesn't need to defend itself. You yeah, know? I love it. A lot, of, a lot of people have these misconceptions about what we do and they see the you know, hyper-politicized yeah. views of a certain amount of mill meme pages yes. and, and yes. this, that, or the other. And to be honest with you, it's just a bunch of people like us sitting around yep. and talking. The difference between being a quiet professional and a silent professional yep. is a quiet professional can honor their service and a silent professional, their career field dies off in about two generations. I love that. Because we don't understand yep. that the first people to touch, Captain Phillips, I am the captain yeah. now, that was a pararescue and a combat controller. Yep. H. Kaya, the evacuation, not only was it mobility airmen that we're working yes. with here, but it was pilots and maintainers yes. inside of AFSOC and yep. abroad. And those stories are important to tell. Don't forget our daggers and our, our ground. Like, we had so many people there with us doing those types of missions. Absolutely. And especially when you're talking, I, I love it when I bring folks into the SPS and I say, oh, that's cool. Yep. You're a, you know, a squadron air crew resource advisor. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. You want to learn how to shoot a machine gun and drive a boat and drive a tactical vehicle? They're yeah. like, well, for what? They're like, 
because this is the mission that we need you to do. The breadth and depth yep. of skill set is immense Absolutely. inside of Avsoc. Yep. Colonel, I appreciate you coming on. It's great. Everybody, check this one out on everywhere that we do. Go follow onesready.com. We will make sure to tag all of the stuff that we have. Awesome. Lieutenant Colonel Megan O'Rourke, thanks for coming on. Thank Good luck. You. We obviously connect with the mission, and we're Absolutely. always here to help, so you let us know anytime you want to come on. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity. Gotcha. Thank you. Thanks.